Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, May 21st. Uh, getting a little bit possibly closer to returning with MLS soccer. We're going to have a bunch of that to talk about. Uh, well, we should start even by saying that uh, that maybe, perhaps even in June, in the next couple of weeks, you could see teams starting to move to Orlando. So we have a lot to discuss because there's things up in the air. There's players who aren't happy. Uh, we've got a lot of things really to get uh, through tonight. And to help me do that, uh, the Portuguese Hammer is back, Mr. Eric Vieira. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going all right. We're surviving. Seems like, uh, you know, there's a lot more optimism now, so everyone's feeling good. That's a good thing. Uh, we'll see how things play out, but, you know, it's nice to be back. I got I got the week off, so thanks, boss, for giving me a week off last week. Enjoyed the show with Sophie, giving us that uh, Kellogg's uh, business history. That was a good time. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, good. happy to be back, and, and we have actual news. We always uh, do these shows, and I always wonder, what are we going to talk about for an hour? And we magically fill the hour, but I think we have actual real MLS LA Galaxy hot talk this week which is exciting yeah which means the show will be over in 25 minutes is my guess I mean, 100%. You know, that's what happens whenever i see a, see things with actual news on i'm like oh well, we can talk about that for 10 minutes that's a that's a two minute conversation so uh we got a lot to get to just to remind you the la galaxy would have been traveling to uh real salt lake this weekend uh saturday may 23rd was the game it would have been broadcast on univision um and that would have been meant a long holiday weekend in sandy utah for anybody who wanted to go and uh eric have you been to utah uh yeah, i've passed through utah i went there on vacation i did a a trip from, you know, I'm giving way. To, here we go. Here's the, another hour of talk. Uh, <laughs> did a trip uh, to Yellowstone with my family. You know, we drove in a van, minivan, and we passed through Utah. Uh, did some of the the sightseeing stuff through there, but not not for a game and not uh, not for an extended period of time as an adult either. So, is it a good time? I don't know. I, I wouldn't imagine that Sandy Utah is uh, on the top of the list for a Memorial Day weekend party. Uh, it is one of the places. It's one of the stadiums I haven't been to. There's a whole list of them. I really a smaller list of is is the the stadiums I have been to. Uh, the largest list of stadiums I haven't been to. But I've been to Utah many times uh, to go skiing. And I, I for if you're in Southern California, I don't know if you ski or snowboard. Um, it's faster sometimes to get on an airplane, fly to uh, you know uh, to to Salt Lake, and then drive up into Park City or any of the other places. Solitude. Um, all, all those awesome ski snowboard areas. Uh, it's faster to do than that than it is to drive to some of the mountains sometimes here in around Southern California because 45 minutes from the airport, you can be on the hill and, and skiing. So I've done that a couple times um, and it's great. Uh, they had some quirky laws back in the day whenever I was there, which, you know, you can't just buy, you can't just have a beer. You have to get French fries too, which I was like, that's a great, that's a great thing. Now I have a reason that I actually have to eat French right. fries. So yeah, it was, it, it wasn't bad, but it was fun. Nice people, good skiing. Um, but I do want to go back to uh, to RSL and to Sandy and actually go there and see a game. So uh, this was actually one of the ones I was thinking about going and taking the family and doing all that. And then, no. So uh, remember vacations? Wasn't that fun whenever you could try to plan those? Wasn't that a uh, good time, right? Yeah, I know. And, and in January, you plan your year. Maybe we'll do something for the summer. I remember looking at uh, we were looking at possibly going to Europe, do some travel. And uh, that got shut down real quick. It did. 
They did indeed. Uh, Joe in the chat room says, Deer Valley, of course, Deer Valley, great place to stay. There's so many cool little places. My favorite place in, in Utah is, is Solitude, which is aptly named. Uh, it's like in this little valley, you drive to it, and you seem like you're the only person there uh, for a while. So it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's where you would have been this weekend uh, had you gone to this game and had you uh, had the games not been canceled. So that's sort of where we're at. It's 11 games missed so far. We'll be 12 after this weekend um, that the LA Galaxy have not played, only played two games. Uh, it's it, it, I have to keep stretching and reminding myself, Eric, that the Galaxy actually have played two games. Um, I have to remind myself that the, that we actually did a live show with thunder and rain and hail. And that was also this year and not like three years ago, which is how it feels. Yeah, what we, what we would give to to be rained and hailed on at at a Dignity Health Sports Park now. You know, at the time, yeah. I know we weren't thrilled about it, but I think we'd be very happy uh, if that was the worst of our problems. Yeah, yeah, it would have been uh, it would have been fine. We would have survived. Everything would have been great. But uh, that's not how this this year has gone. Uh, and what we know so far right now is that MLS looks like it possibly is coming back. But there's a lot of issues with the players. So that's one of our main topics. We're going to get to that sort of at the, the meatier part of the show here. I wanted to get to uh, first, though, Eric, I know you were on it and I was busy taking care of the, the youngster, Jake. So I didn't get to watch. But uh, the LA Galaxy hosted a town hall on YouTube for season ticket members. Um, so you could go there. They did a bunch of interviews. I think Sasha Kleschen was on. Uh, they had Dennis DeClosa on. I know Brendan Hannon was, I think, emceeing everything there. Um, so how was uh, how was the town hall experience? Well, uh, you know, true to form, I showed up a little bit late. Uh, you know, obviously, with it being at the time that it was, I had some other uh, actual work business to take care of. So I showed up a little bit late. I think I missed Chris Klein was on the call earlier on. Uh, like you mentioned, Brendan, Brendan Hannon was kind of a... Uh, wrangling everybody and bringing everyone in, bringing them, bring them out. They had some video features. Then uh, Dennis DeClosa came on. He answered some questions. Uh, nothing really, re you know, the revelatory there. He, a lot of people asking about Pavone. Are they keeping him? He reiterated the same thing, uh, that they have Pavone through the end of the year. The only little bit of a nugget that he mentioned is he said that they were very close to signing a player uh, prior to the pandemic, but uh, obviously with everything that happened, he's the player who went back, and he and they made a little bit of a joke about it. That uh, and DTK said it's not the player uh, the, whose name came out. So it just makes me think, you know, everyone kind of speculating. We, you know, we had uh, the panda say Alan Franco's a done deal, and that was the name that was out there. But he says it wasn't the name that got out. So I, I'm curious to know. Uh, that was the only kind of little juicy piece of DTK on there. Other than that. Sasha Kleschen came on, Sebastian Legette came on, they had uh, Dr. Nick Testa from Dignity Health, uh, you know, talking about kind of the health aspect of things. Uh, they answered, Sasha Kleschen answered one of my questions about mustache upkeep. Uh, he recommends the small mini scissors uh, to keep everything trimmed. So I was happy to ask some of the hard hitting questions at the town hall there. That's a good shout there. Mini scissors are where it's at. Getting those tight angles in here, you know, yeah. you got to whenever you have something like this beak here, you got to sort of get around it. And, you know, it's always fun. Uh, good times. Uh, so that's yeah. So I heard about the people were asking about uh, who this player is that the Dennis DeClosa mentioned. Uh, I'll tell you that we had heard rumblings of another player, but we had never heard a name. We never heard a position. We didn't know the stature of said position. So let's start some wildly like hypothetical, completely out there. We don't know what we're talking about. Um, rumors about all this. And and really, it, it comes down to um, a couple different things. You don't know what, at what level player they were even talking about. Could it be, have been a designated player? And that was something we were sort of kicking around. And 
it could have been. The Galaxy currently don't have any designated player spots, so how would they have brought them in in that pro- in that first window without that being, uh, you know, sort of an issue? But uh, I was talking to the Panda real quick before uh, before we came on the show, and I was saying, uh, you know, we we're sort of kicking some things back and forth and trying to say. He goes, you know, it could have been a designated player that you said, hey, we're going to pay you this much this year, and next year we're going to make you a designated player, a la Zlatan Ibrahimovic, um, you know, Nigel De Jong. Um, sort of in, in those different veins. Now, some of the things that we know, Eric, is that we know that the LA Galaxy were going after Alan Franco. So we know that there was a defensive side of this that was probably covered by Dennis. Um, he was probably saying, okay, defensively, we're going to get Alan Franco in or we're not going to get him in now. And that deal is still not dead. Um, so there's a good possibility Alan Franco could come in in the summer. If there's a summer transfer, I mean, this transfer window is going to be the most ridiculous one. Gareth Bale, right, also coming in yeah. this summer, I'm sure. He, yeah, al- he also mentioned that, uh, you know, he said he did acknowledge that they're actively looking to bring in defensive improvements. So, uh, you know, that's no secret. The defense is kind of the priority. But he also mentioned that even with everything going on, he does have permission for from the club that if an opportunity presents himself, uh, presents itself to go after a big name player that he does have permission from the club to go over that after a big name player. So like, you know, we've heard Gareth Bale, a name that's thrown around. I think prior to the Chicharito rumors, Sergio Aguero was another name that got tossed around because of the Argentine connections. And if you think about the Zlatan deal, you know, he still has to play through with Manchester City through the summer. So maybe you're able to work something out where you get half a season on a prorated deal, some TAM, and then pay him as a DP the following season. It's not out of the realm of possibility for someone like Bale or Aguero to come as a mid-season because you're not paying them as a DP from the beginning of the season all the way through. Yeah, it's it, again, it's a, it, an interesting sort of time. You know, uh, Messi was also hinted at, remember, earlier. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo um, was, was also there. Um, so there's ways to do this. One of the big sort of telling things that you can sort of look at is, and we had Dennis on this program, uh, Kevin and I did, and we talked to him, and he, I think he signaled enough, and we, we know enough from behind the scenes to sort of say that they're not going to be renewing Christian Pavone's contract. And so if he stays for the rest of the season, um, he's gone during the winter. So you could bring somebody in in the summer transfer window, possibly not pay them DP money, pay them in targeted allocation money with a DP contract coming. Uh, you know, you could do that again. Otherwise, if you do, if, if something were to happen and all of a sudden Pavone wants to stay and they, they figure out how to make it stay and all those other things, um, if, if that happened, then you'd have the Giovanni Dos Santos situation all over again. And the Galaxy, you know, would be looking to buy out contracts and, and do other things. So, um, it, yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of sort of time. Yeah. One final piece that I wanted to add is he did say that they're working with FIFA and having the conversations of possibly having an additional transfer window. Obviously, with everything going on, the traditional transfer windows, you know, they they're coming and going with no games going on. So FIFA has acknowledged that maybe either the windows needs to be extended or there needs to be an additional window later on in the year. So we acknowledge that something like that may be a possibility as well, as opposed to just bring people in through the traditional transfer windows. Yeah. He mentioned that, uh, he mentioned the possibility of that when we talked to him and said, you know, is there a third transfer window, baby, you know, that type of thing. So, um, really interesting times to try to figure this all out. I think that we also, um, over the course of a bunch of shows have, position the galaxy correctly in terms of if there is advancement to be made they still have the ability to go make those deals so if you have somebody like gareth bale who comes available and you want gareth bale on this team uh, you have the ability through aeg and even if aeg is hemorrhaging cash 
uh, still apparently has enough to be able to go out there and say, yeah, Gareth Bale, we can pay you, you know, uh, let's see, seven, seven and a half, eight million dollars a year. Is he worth that? Possibly. So you're looking at a 15 or 16 million dollar contract, possibly with a two or three year contract. So it could be upwards of 21, 22, 23, 24 thousand dollars, 24 million dollars. I like 24 thousand better. Yeah. Yeah. That's a steal. One. One billion dollars. Um, so, so it absolutely, you know, Gareth Bale is somebody that I think that the Galaxy would break the bank for name recognition, household name, um, and he's been at uh, at Dignity Health Sports Park before. So we've seen him uh, on that field, and uh, he's always looked gigantic on that field. So that's a big dude. People don't. The Premier League dudes are big dudes. Like that's one of the things that I always say. Anytime the the Galaxy would play anybody, it felt like the the field got like just a little bit smaller because of how much room everybody sort of takes up with their six foot two, six foot four, you know, two hundred pounds yeah. of muscle uh, sort of with stature. The player who who impressed me, and Gareth Bale, even though he's not a Premier League player anymore, I get what you're saying. I think the ears add a, a little extra surface area to Gareth Bale. Uh, I remember at, at Dignity Health Sports Park, the friendly against Manchester United, Romelu Lukaku was someone who, the sheer size of him, that, he, he was a beast. So imagine right. him coming full speed with the skill that he has. He's someone who, in person, you know, you appreciate it a lot more uh, in person than when you see the, him on TV. So anyway, so uh, some little stuff there. Anything else on the season ticket member front? Anything uh, else that you wanted to sort of point out on that? Well, it was interesting that it was a, a season ticket member of, uh, town hall, but it, it, from the part that I was on, I, again, I missed the Chris, Chris Klein conversation. It didn't seem like uh, the season ticket discussion got brought up much. Um, you know, I know I personally have reached out and inquired about, you know, possible refunds or how the situations are going to work. And it, it seems like the stance is still MLS hasn't officially canceled any game, so we're holding off on. Uh, you know, issuing any payments or anything like that until after there's official word from MLS. So it's a little funky to me just because with the amount of games that have been postponed, it makes it a little bit tricky because, uh, you know, you're not getting to a point. Fortunately, I'm in a situation where it's not that big of a deal. But there are people who are hurting and could use that money right now. So to say we're waiting until official word, it's, it's a little rough right now. But I, from a business perspective, and I, I understand where they're coming from, but it's still a little bit rough. If that's the stance they're sticking to, if people are in in genuine need uh, of that money and they they'd like it back to make to get the extra hoops, uh, it's a little bit unfortunate. I get it, but it's just unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a fun thing to go through right now. If you need the money, obviously you need the money. Um, if you're in a position to let it roll, you get to you get to you get to let it roll. Um, and you know the the real sort of thing is, hey, MLS hasn't canceled any games yet, but the likelihood and. I'll even I'm going to play both sides of this because because I, I guess I've been hanging out with Eric for too long. I was going to um, say, welcome to my world. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah, but still um, the the you know, looking at this, they, they haven't they haven't canceled any games, but the likelihood that they're going to have fans in the stadium in 2020 is so minute to me right now that I can't see like, OK, so you're not going to cancel games. The games will get played. But they're not going to get played with fans, and that means that your tickets aren't going to get used. And so those games are going to get, you know, the the cancellation of things is going to happen very shortly here because you're not going to get fans back in the stadium, at least not in California. Now, the the talking out both sides of my mouth is we also didn't think Gavin Newsom was going to allow pro sports back into California. And all of a sudden he reversed course and was like, pro sports, yeah, go for it. You know, and everybody's like, okay, you just said like a week ago, <laughs> no, that's not happening. And now this week you're like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, the whole deal. And 
you know, in his a little bit of his defense, if you're sitting there and you can learn about how that process might go, Eric, and you say, hey, we can do this safely, then maybe you can have your mind changed and say, oh, okay, well, yeah, if you can do that safe, well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, you know, the whole deal, and, and do that. Um, how safe any of this is is certainly uh, the big question, um, but it doesn't look, it doesn't feel like fans are going to be back in the stadium in 2020, and I'm hopeful they'll be back in the stadium by May, uh, June of 2021, um, which seems maybe a little optimistic, but uh, hopefully it's it's right in. Things have been happening a little faster, so we'll we'll see if that's that's the case on this one. I think that's just the nature uh, of the situation we're in right now. I think a lot of people are very quick, depending on which. Uh, you know, letter a governor has next to their name to make judgment and make decision on, on on what's going on. But I think we're all learning as we go. If the truth is, if everyone knew how this worked, uh, we'd have the answer. If we had the answers, we'd, we'd give them. But no one has the answers right now. So you can make a propagation, uh, uh, you know, a, a statement that okay, we're we're gonna not have you know fans and stands because we want to you know people to be safe. And then as you learn more and you realize, okay, if we you know, we could take some risk, and if you take precautions, then maybe it's not a bad idea. You can't yell and scream and say, oh, well, you were wrong. You said this a couple weeks ago. Well, a couple weeks ago, we didn't know, and now we, as you get more information, you learn and, and things change, and I think that's that's okay. But uh, as far as, uh, you know, games being played with fans in the stands, all of the deals right now point away from that. And the, in- the other interesting wrinkle, just to wrap up the season ticket member thing, is People who are on payment plans have been paying since October. And so, you know, if the balance rolls over, you know, there's still there was only one game played. So you were paying for several months and only saw one game. So does that balance roll over? Do you get money back? Just how that all is going to work. It's a nightmare for the front office. And I don't envy anyone in that position to try to figure it out because it's going to be a mess. You know, even if they do end up playing games, you know, we'll talk about. MLS's plans, if they play games later in the year, there's going to be some games lost and figuring out and divvying up that money and, you know, prorating games. It's going to be it's going to be a mess. Yeah, it it is going to be a mess. I mean, that's one of those, you know, big things that you look at is whether or not, um, you know, how any of this is going to play out. And I don't think it plays out in sort of a happy way, Eric. I mean, you know, none, nobody's nobody's going to be satisfied kind of in whatever direction. Uh, I was happy to watch Bundesliga and Bundesliga in an empty stadium, and it was fine. And, you know, it's not the same. I get it. It's cool. That's I, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and complain about it. Um, you know, I think I'm a little bit on the opposite end of Sophie because Sophie says, you know, you can't play soccer without fans, so it doesn't make any sense to play it without fans. And I'm of the, yeah, I get that. You're 100% right, except that we're in a position where that can't happen. And if it can't happen, then play it without fans. I don't care. Um, but also saying all that is is player safety and whether or not you can do that safely. There's there's this want from everybody, and including myself, and I have to catch myself, that I miss soccer so much that I'm just ready to see it. And I'm not taking any risk by watching soccer. Um, but the people who are playing are taking risk, and I, I need to remind myself that of that constantly, is that there are people who will be risking you know, exposing themselves um, to the coronavirus on the field and, and playing every time they go out there. And I think we have to be okay with understanding that um, if you're a player, that you can't be 
protected. I mean, you can't really you're not 100 percent protected in your house either. So it's kind of hard to say we're all not living with a certain amount of risk. But at the same time, they are putting themselves in a position where we're all not allowed to be in right now, which is next to somebody. Um, you know, the whole thing. I actually uh, I gave my mom a hug for the first time in like uh, two and a half, three months, uh, it feels like or how whenever this thing started uh, today. Um, and that was, uh, that was weird. And I was like, I, it was really good. It was really good, but it was also really weird. I was like, oh my God, I haven't given you a hug in forever. And you know, we're in a position where she has to come over and watch my son. And I was like, this is something I probably, we, sh- we should probably be okay. You're in my house all the time. You're, you're in my yeah. little circle. You know, this is probably okay, but it was just weird. I mean, uh, when I think about the amount of hugs that I give out at games and high fives and handshakes <laughs> and stuff like that, Eric, I'm, I'm way in the negative so far on these, on these high fives, handshakes and hugs. And I don't think yeah. they're coming back anytime soon. Yeah, and, and just going back to tailgate and being offered beverages and, and bottles of things, you know, that's definitely a, a no-no nowadays. So, I, I, yeah, I understand. We all want it back. We all want sports. We all want normalcy, and that's okay. You know, it's totally okay to want that. And just going back to wanting things back, if people want to assume that risk and go forth, they're, you know, you have your freedoms to take those risks, but at the same time, if there are people who don't want to make those risks, you have to be respectful of that as well. You can't just be careless and say, just because you don't want to take the risks, I'm going to put you in danger as well. So there's a give and take to both sides here. There, there certainly is. Well, let's get to some good news. Uh, I'm going to tell you about things MLS did cancel, and then I'm going to tell you why that's probably good news. So uh, here we go. Uh, MLS cancels the All-Star Game, cancels League's Cup, and cancels the Campionis Cup. Um, all that, first of all, League's Cup getting canceled is just makes my day like so much because what a useless tournament that is. And uh, I think people are going to try to make that into something, and it, it's not there yet, and it won't be for a little while, and so it'll be fine. But yeah, cancel that thing. First, th- I don't even know why anybody was there. That should have been the first day of the pandemic. Like They were like, oh, we're not playing today. Oh, got to cancel the League's Cup. You know, that should have been, been your first uh, sort of signal uh, for everything. So, uh, League's Cup canceled. Um, the the other one is the Campionis Cup, obviously the champion of Major League Soccer playing the champion of Liga MX. Um, so, the Seattle Sounders, and I don't know who they would have played on the Liga MX side, um, but however that is, uh, that got canceled, and so there is none of that. Those, those, those versions of the tournament are not postponed to next year. They're canceled because the qualifying and everything else will have to come from, quote-unquote, this year uh, in order for and that I, to happen. And I believe they're going to honor their spots in the following year. So I think it's it's going to be held at um, Questlink. I'm sorry, is it Questlink? Why am I uh, drawing a blank here, of course, once you go live? Uh, but uh, CenturyLink, right? CenturyLink. Yeah. It's yeah. Is, it, is, it, is it still CenturyLink? <laughs> Is it, or do they I change it, it again? Quest, yeah. Again, this is not a Seattle Sounders podcast. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Seattle's going to host, and they're going to keep their spot to host the Campiones Cup. I'm going to go a little bit of the other direction on the League's Cup, just because the first year, it seemed kind of pointless. We made fun of it. But as these things, you know, the first iteration of everything is always, you know, a little bit rough. But the more things happen, the more legitimate legitimacy it gets so the more years you have of it the more the better that competition becomes and so you know as silly as as the league's cup was it as you do it more often it gains a little bit of steam and i I was actually kind of hoping to because those the galaxy was in was in those games last year and so it was a little bit exciting to see those second second team players get the opportunity and to you know go into a penalty shootout you know make fun of it as much as you want it was exciting. And so the more competitions you have, that's always a good thing. And if you are able to test yourselves against, uh, you know, Liga MX players, then that's not a bad thing. And I was actually looking forward to see how it pan out. Now, I'm going to make fun of it just like everyone else with a compacted schedule, pandemic. Yes, throw it out the window. But 
I, it, I, I'm not as uh, as quick to make fun of it and, and be happy that it's gone. Uh, I'm going to sag it's a money. Direction. It's a money grab. Everybody knows that. I mean, listen, it's it's it, everything's a money grab. Um, yeah, I, I, that's one of the things that you sort of talk about the, uh, on this. Um, let's talk about the All Star Game, and then I'll talk about the money grab and how that sort of relates to Orlando and everything else that's going on. Uh, All Star Game was originally scheduled for July 29th at Bank of California Stadium, which was cool because that means I could have gone to it, uh, and I was planning on going to it. And it's around my birthday, so it was my birthday present to me is go to an All Star Game, which is always a really interesting, fun time to be around a whole bunch of MLS people um, and a bunch of writers that I don't get to see very often. And you make friends and you drink some adult beverages and it's a it's a good time um so and it's the big party that everything and it was going to be fun to watch that happen in los angeles where mls all-stars versus league mx all-stars um only like 12 people could have gone because it was at bank california stadium but nonetheless it would have been a really interesting thing to sort of uh to sort of go that's likely to be scheduled rescheduled for 2021 now so uh bank california stadium still hosting like they say likely like they like bank of california state has something else going on that they're going to want to like do during that time. it's going to be rescheduled for next year 2021 um and then they talked about having three other cities that were all vying for the chance to host the next all-star game after that so and they said an announcement on that will be made soon which is funny because we used to get the announcement of the the place that was hosting the All-Star game just before the All-Star game that was set to be. Now we're going to be doing it probably two years in advance, and you watch, that'll stick. And we'll always be doing it two years in advance. This is how, like, you know, uh, the Super Bowl, uh, you know, gets announced where it's going to be seven years in advance, you know, because you start adding them up, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, yeah. let's, we're going to tell you it's here, you know. Um, you you got to get it on the schedule. What, what's disappointing to me is uh, losing out on the chance for the skills competition. I, w- I was a big fan of how that went last year. And uh, to see that again, you know, it being in Los Angeles, maybe I could have pulled the right strings and known the right people to, to get in there and check it out. So that that's one thing that I'm bummed to see. But it, I thought it was confirmed that they were going to go 2021 20, uh, at the Bank of California. But I understand they probably have to say likely just because, you know, you can't confirm everything <laughs> this, this far yeah. out. My prediction, though is that if, yes. if they're scheduling a couple years out, it's going to be the new Columbus Crew Stadium. That'd be my guess. They like to do it at whatever the new shiny object is. So yeah, but that'd Nashville, be my guess. Nashville has, has, will have one coming up, right? And then Charlotte will have a team. Um, so, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that are sort of getting ready to, uh, to, to, to kick off um, as it goes. I think Cincinnati's building a new stadium as well, so... There's there's some there's some pe- maybe those are the three teams maybe I just named them it was Columbus it, and Nashville and Cincinnati. Do you, you think Cincinnati would post a picture of the right stadium? Uh, oh, did you? They 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 hired a new <laughs> uh, new coach and they put up the wrong picture of him, uh, yeah. or not a picture great of stuff. him at all. It was somebody else. Yeah, so yep, Sam. Yeah, and it's not yeah. like it's someone who's not notable. I mean, that's a notable name. So incredible, incredible work by FC Cincinnati. They they're just firing on all cylinders, you know. They have they have to fire their coach just before the start of the season because he said because he says uh, inappropriate words uh, during training, inappropriate racial slur words during uh, training, and now uh, now this. Um, so yeah, uh, off to a flying start there for FC Cincinnati. That's how it is. Um, I would like to bring up Philip in the chat room. Did correctly say the one bright spot about League's Cup, uh, and the one bright spot about League's Cup, Eric, is the ball rack. Ball rack. The ball racks. That's that's the only thing, and I think they should be implemented for every single game of every season in every league across the world. Ball racks are a thing. Uh, get on board. I need to make a T-shirt that says "Ball racks" on it. I really I want to do it. It's it's something that has to happen. I think. It needs a hashtag. Let me know. Hashtag ball rack. Yeah, let me know in the in the comments of this video. Let me know. You know, hit me on Twitter. Would you buy a T-shirt that says "Ball racks"? Does it have to say "Ball racks are awesome"? 
Does that have like what what's what do we have to do yeah. here in order to get ball racks going? Um, well, it needs <laughs> it needs a picture of a ball rack. That's that's right. number one. And we're already a niche product, so to go even more niche ball racks in leagues cup for a galaxy podcast. I mean, we're really we're we're slimming. <laughs> we're flattening the curve on that one. <laughs> it's been, it's been brought to my attention, however, that maybe a t-shirt is the wrong piece of apparel that we need to put ball racks on. Perhaps it is a little bit lower that we need to do that on. So anyway, we'll continue on family show. We'll keep it a family show. Um, you can explain that one to your kids. Uh, that's how it goes. Uh, leagues cup canceled Campionas cup canceled. Um, we'll see how that all goes. But again, um, those are good news. Now, the reason I said it's good news is not just because, of the fact that they canceled the League's Cup, and I was happy about that. It's really is because uh, this was done and to, to clear up the schedule. This is trying to get dates available to be able to play league games, um, and the hope is that, as we're going to talk about Orlando again, in the possibilities that the LA Galaxy and all 26 MLS soccer teams are headed to Orlando and the format that they'll be playing and everything that sort of goes by, uh, as we look at that, uh, they need dates to play games. Um, and there's a good possibility that what's going to happen is they're going to go play this tournament in Orlando and then come back and hopefully they'll be able to play at their home stadiums from then on and put together some sort of safety protocols to be able to travel on chartered flights, to be able to go to stadiums perhaps, uh, or maybe they're going to make it super, you know, sort of a super regional thing where you're just going to play a whole bunch of games in it. We'll talk about that format. But that's why these cancellations are a positive in terms of, hey, we know we're canceling these things, but it's because we want to play league games and we want to play those. So you're looking again at the league trying to set itself up to um, to to possibly produce, you know, uh, league games throughout the rest of the season and have dates open up. Then you don't want leagues cup dates. You don't want Campionas Cup dates. You don't want uh, you don't want that uh, that all star game to take away from the possibility of teams playing games. And and that's why it makes a, a little bit of sense. Um, the other thing I think that was brought up on Twitter, and I, I didn't get a chance to check this, but it seems that all of these things, Eric, uh, the all star game, leagues cup and Campionas Cup were all ESPN. Um, properties this this year round. We're all ESPN broadcast games. Who's going to get the broadcast deal if it goes to Orlando? ESPN. So they're going to hopefully make up for that with the ability to to do that, to have those games in Orlando. So again, a bunch of different things are sort of fitting together right now uh, in terms yeah. of the league trying to get it going. Now, before we get into the, the details on MLS, I wanted to have a little bit of fun, and the LA Galaxy put this out, so we will steal their graphic. Um, so LA Galaxy, thanks for the graphic. We appreciate it. But the LA Galaxy said, uh, pick your starting back five. So you get a goalkeeper, and then you get four defenders. Um, now, I saw some out there that just were ludicrous and had, out of the four defenders, had three of them playing out of position. Uh, there are reasons that these people are on here and they play a position and you cannot just take player and put them out of position and say, well, you know, Sean Franklin could play left back. No, Sean Franklin doesn't play left back. He plays right back. And that's where you need to put him. Um, you know, AJ De La Garza might be one of the only guys here you could put in multiple positions. And I'd argue that's a stupid idea, too. Um, so anyway, there's a, there's a lot of opinions on this. And we had a nice text argument uh, between Eric and, and myself and uh, someone else. And uh, it went on for about 20 or 30 minutes whenever we looked at this. But, Eric, I'll, I'll give you a little chance to sort of um, we all agree that the best goalkeeper on this list, Kevin Hartman, Jorge Campos, Jaime Pinedo, Donovan Ricketts, the best one out of those four is easily Jaime Pinedo. Right? We're, we're all in agreement, right? But it just feels right to put Kevin Hartman there. I think I know you uh -huh. want to argue Jaime Pinedo was the best, 
you know, most talented. But Kevin Hartman, for years of service and all the, the the dedication that he gave the club and how closely he is tied as an original, I just I, I, I don't know that I can pick uh, anyone else besides him. And then Donovan Ricketts is on the list as well. At his prime, I mean, that that you can't go wrong there. So I don't know. I think I'd go with Hartman instead of Pinedo. That's it's just it's a ridiculous. I love I love Kevin Hartman. All right, the, the, we can all agree the worst goalkeeper on this list is Jorge Campos. Can we, can we agree with that's that? Fair. Okay, we can agree that's on easy. It's a risky okay. move. It's a risky. It is. It is. I mean, because you know, really, Jorge Campos can play forward too, right? You're going to do that one. <laughs> um, you just play him out of position. Just put him as a forward. That's you don't have you to worry about him. it. Yeah. Anyway, so Jaime Pinedo is the best goalkeeper. I would. I also. By the way, we talked about this a whole bunch. Donovan Ricketts in his prime was, I think, the best goalkeeper for the L.A. Galaxy. Uh, Jaime Pineda played great, short amount of time with the L.A. Galaxy overall. Donovan Ricketts uh, should have won back-to-back goalkeeper of the year awards. He ended up winning one of them, um, but he should have won back-to-back ones. The only problem with him was that uh, he always seemed to be getting broken bones. Um, I've never seen a goalkeeper break things more than Donovan Ricketts, so um, it was always fun to sort of watch him play uh, things. So let's just pretend that uh, everybody agrees that Jaime Pinedo is the most talented goalkeeper, so you're going to put it this. So now we can go to the easiest position on this, which is left back, and there's only one correct answer for this, Eric. Give everybody the correct answer at left back. The correct answer is Ashley Cole. That is, it's it's very simple. I love Todd Donovan. I think he's great. Ashley Cole is the best left back the LA Galaxy have ever had. Um, it's not really even that close. So Ashley Cole was on the list. Here are the defenders. Let me let me name a real club. A- Ashley Cole, uh, Dan Kalikman, uh, Robin Frazier. Sorry, I, didn't I say that? It's a C. You said Kalikman. You got to pronounce the H. Uh, I got I'm sucking on a cough drop right now. Okay, I'm just <laughs> barely holding on as we yeah, go. Uh, Robin Frazier, uh, Greg Vanny, Sean Franklin, uh, AJ De La Garza, Alexi Lawless. Uh, how, how much did Alexi Lawless pay to get on this list? I just want to, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Robbie Rogers, Yellow Van Damme, Todd Donovan, and Omar Gonzalez. Um, we can agree that the worst defender on this list is Omar Gonzalez, and then we can continue with the best left back is Ashley Cole, right? No, we can't agree on that. That's not true. So a- Ashley Cole, I just want to, the final bow on Ashley Cole, that's not a legacy pick either for his time that he played at the Galaxy. He's the best that we've seen uh, at that position. And I have Omar as my center back. You know, for what he he brought with the the size and and you know MLS cups and championship pedigree, uh, yeah, I have Omar as my center back, one of them. I I just I, let's just I, let's just go to 2014. Why not? Let's go to the MLS <laughs> Cup in 2014. Let's do that so that way we can all understand what is happening right now with Omar Gonzalez, which is uh, you had two defenders make ridiculous plays, one in a positive way and one in a negative way. The positive play is AJ De La Garza's stop on Charlie Davies, which is possibly the best defensive stop in LA Galaxy history in the biggest game on the biggest stage against a guy who was coming into that game on fire. Okay, Charlie Davies stuffed him, tracked him. Just it's embarrassing for Charlie. Charlie Davies has to wake up in the middle of the night screaming out AJ's name and like in scared in scared ways. Okay, now the guy who almost cost the LA Galaxy an MLS Cup in 2014 is Omar Gonzalez as he fell asleep as a ball was lobbed in with no danger whatsoever into the corner. He just lollygagged his way in there, and then New England scored back. And if you talk to anybody on that team, especially if you talk to Dave Sarakin, he easily says that they didn't think they were going to lose that game. They never thought they were going to lose that game for a second until that play happened, and that brought all the doubt in. You're going to put a guy on the back line who almost cost you a fifth MLS Cup. 
Yeah, I know. And I'm keeping him there. I like him. I like Omar. <laughs> he this also scored our- a goal in the in 2012 MLS Cup that got us there. And, he, you know, he, he was great defensively for a very long time. But he was I'm great as a... But he was great as a complimentary piece. So if you put Omar on this list, then you have to put AJ next to him because the only way they work is that uh, is that AJ and Omar work together. All right, that's Two that's the only special. way I'm allowing. That's that you have to put him on. So I guess your other center back isn't Yellow Von Dam, who everybody wants to put on here, and who everybody wants to pair with Omar Gonzalez. Um, you're going to put two big, tall twin towers in there that aren't the quickest guys and aren't the smartest guys whenever it comes to tactically playing. You're going to put those two guys next to each other and you're going to have people running behind you all day long. Well, that's what I have Robin Frazier as my other center back. Robin Frazier was really good center back. I mean, if you want the intelligence, uh, a general back there, I think Robin Frazier uh, paired with Omar, he'll he'll keep Omar in line. Well, yeah, he'd have to. I mean, he's going to probably put a shock collar (laughs) on him in order to keep him, you know, from where he's supposed to go. So Robin Frazier is a great one. Um, The right back argument is really fun uh, because you get to talk about uh, Sean Franklin. People want to talk about AJ Delgarza. Listen, AJ is a better center back than he is a right back. I've always said that. He's just small, but he's very complimentary in a center back position. Uh, I love AJ. I don't think he makes this list. Sean Franklin or Robbie Rogers really is the question at right back. And for me, it's Sean Franklin. Um, and that's a more, I think that's a years of service. I think Robbie Rogers may have had the higher upside, um, but at right back, it's it's been Sean Franklin. Well, the snub at right back, aside from the obvious Giassi Zardes, uh, you know, right back move, uh, is Ezra Hendrickson. How is Ezra Hendrickson not on the list? He'd be my right back. Uh, But I'd agree with you. I think Sean Franklin, uh, for what he was able to do, what we saw him do, I think he'd, if you were building a defense and you want players at their prime, if this is an imaginary pick your starting five, which is the way it was positioned, I think you'd be okay with Sean Franklin. Although, uh, Ezra Hendrickson, I'd go off the board if they somehow uh, allowed that option. Uh, no whammies, no whammies. Uh, off the board you go. Okay, so there you go. That's that's fun. Anyway, that's fun. You get to pick your four. I think it was it, it, we had a good time arguing about the text message on text and sort of saying and and by the way, the text got got it got salty, um, especially for me. I think there was one point where I just yeah, I'm I'm still mad. I'm still mad. I don't I don't I'm not a fan. Uh, I'm not a fan of Omar Gonzalez. Everybody knows that. Um, so anyway, so that's what it is. So if you get a chance, uh, you can go. The LA Galaxy tweeted it out. You can sort of have fun and tweet out your answers as well. Um, I'm not sure there is a right answer. Um, we can yeah. certainly pick some of the some of the worst ones, but uh, that's sort of where we go. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's clean that's, the slate that's... now. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was like, that's what makes it fun is there is no right answer. A lot of fun players. If you're, You could do like the feel-good defense. You can do the actual if you want to win a game defense. There, there's a lot of fun options. The other snub that we just have to mention, Mike McGee not listed as a possible goalkeeper. Major yeah. oversight by the LA Galaxy there. Yeah, I, I, I happen to agree with that one. Again, the Giassi Zardes shout was the was the best one at right back uh, in terms of who they definitely left off the list. Um, so we'll we'll see about that. All right. Uh, details on our on MLS tournament in Orlando. The Athletic, uh, along with four of its very good writers, uh, updated all of the information that we now know about the tournament in Orlando. Um, it is a tournament. It has a group format. It has uh, it has a tagline. It has a whole bunch of things uh, that are sort of coming into it. Um, so we'll try to go over some of those details. We'll discuss them as we go along. Okay, so uh, basically it said, should the t- tournament go forward, the working plan is for teams to be split into four groups. According to multiple sources who have been briefed on the proposal, two of the groups would consist of teams from the Eastern Conference, two would consist of teams from the Western Conference, with Nashville switching over from West 
to East. So basically, you're going to have 14 teams in the East, I believe, and 12 teams in the West. Um, that's sort of how everything's going to going to be uh, doing it. Um, the U.S. Open Cup winners, Atlanta United, and this isn't finalized, but this is how they're going. Uh, the U.S. Open Cup winners, Atlanta United, uh, the MLS Cup winners, Seattle Sounders, and Supporter Shield winners, LAFC, would each be seeded in separate groups with the remaining group seeded with the tournament hosts, Orlando City. That They really were reaching for that one on, on hosts. They're playing <laughs> it like the wide world of sports at Disney, not, not you know at Orlando's stadium. Uh, but anyway, so, so that's sort of, technically the host. They're, they're home, they're home in quotation marks. Um, so Orlando City. Uh, the remainder of the groups will be allocated via a random draw of teams within their own conferences with six teams in three of the groups and one Eastern Conference group containing eight squads. God, this is going to look goofy. It's going to it's going to look goofy when you see the tree. It's, it's going to be. Wacky. Um, so uh, under the proposed format, the teams would play five games apiece. So you can get five games out of this tournament. Basically, it takes about four weeks for everybody to train, three and a half, four weeks for everybody to train. And then uh, they're targeting right now July 3rd as the first day of competitive games. Um, let's see. Uh, the, the, with, uh, with the top two teams, so you're going to play five games apiece with the top two teams in each group advancing to an eight-team knockout-style competition. All right. Um, group stage games would count towards MLS League standings. So um, at one point it was thought that this tournament wouldn't have any effect and they were trying to figure out sort of what you would win if you won it. Um, but now the group stage games are going to count towards league standing. So the group stage where you're playing your Western Conference opponents inside your own group, depending on the draw, will will count towards league standings. Remember, there's two Western Conference sides, so you have a 50% chance of being grouped with LAFC. Uh, there's probably a better chance of, of being grouped uh, with the San Jose Earthquakes, uh, and you're going to play five games within that. So round robin, uh, around you go, trying to figure. Is this is this getting anybody excited yet, or is is it not exciting, Eric? No, it, it's that's that's the part where they they lost me. The the five five games seeding it in groups, top two teams uh, go to a eight team quarterfinal, and then you you play it out and declare a winner. I'm on board with that. Where they they start losing me is the, okay, now if these points, whatever happens, carries over into league play. So if they somehow things pass and teams are allowed to play in their home stadiums with, with, with no fans, then these games counter that. And that tells me that they're trying to crown an MLS Cup champion based on whatever, you know, iteration this is because they're going to consider it a league match and then you know it, it, they'll have some sort of playoff so something in there as well that you know with tennessee or, or nashville playing in the eastern conference that they'd open it up to nine teams making it into the playoffs and creating a different playoff structure so it just seems like that's where they lose lose me if if you keep it self-contained as its own tournament award a winner to give the fans something uh, to give the TV contract something. And then you come back next season and start fresh because the season was so new, but to have the tournament and then do league play it, that it just seems like that's, that's the wrong move. And that's not considering uh, the players who are not necessarily thrilled about going to Orlando for eight to 10 weeks. 
Yeah, it did. And, and we're going to get to to that part. Yeah, you, so you got that. Um, group stage games count for some of the standings. Uh, multiple sources say no decisions have been made on what trophy or prizes teams will be playing for once they advance to the knockout stage of the Orlando competition. Um, and then should an abbreviated regular season take place after the Orlando tournament, it will do so with no interconference play. We talked about this. You're only going to be playing Western Conference teams. Uh, you're not going to be playing any Eastern Conference teams. You're going to limit the travel. You're going to limit where you go. It's all Western Conference, which I have no problems with. Um, you can do it that way with Nashville staying in the Eastern Conference for 2020. So they're going to switch conferences, basically, and uh, and making over. Uh, you talked about it in unprecedented nine teams from each conference to the 2020 playoffs. Um, according to the sources, a move that could provide teams with a greater opportunity to earn game day revenue and the league with an additional six games of television pay, both of paramount importance in an already shortened season. Um, to, this is all from The Athletic again. Uh, plan has not been finalized, and this is just the latest version the league is working on. Uh, they're targeting an early June arrival, as we said. Uh, it was supposed to be June 1st, and now it's, you know, Probably June 8th um, is when everybody's trying to get in. Uh, and multiple sources confirm the league is targeting July 3rd as the start date for the meaningful for a meaningful comp- competition. Uh, this is great. Um, Eric, if you were going to create a tagline for this, um, go go with the simplest one you could possibly go with. Uh, what would you what would you call this? Uh, what would you say uh, whenever this goes? Soccer is here. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I read the article. I know what the tagline is. And right. it's a, they've already used that tagline before, so it's not really uh, exciting. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and, and hit them with it. Here we go. Dramatic, dramatic intro. All right, dramatic. <laughs> MLS is back. All right, there you go. You're welcome. There's your tagline. MLS is back. By the way, the simplicity of it works fine with me. I have it's no fine. issues with it. Um, yeah. So it's it's a tagline. Who cares, right? But that's, that's how it goes. Um, the big hiccup in this, and really the part that this article, I think, underscores, or, or doesn't underscore, but underplays, um, it, it's like a paragraph in here. Um, it's more than that whenever you hear about who's complaining is the big story as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and we had theorized, Kevin and I, about this on Monday. Uh, the Athletic says, none of this will go forward unless the players agree to the plan. As of now, that has not happened, and multiple sources say that the league has yet to respond to a list of around 100 questions that the MLS Players Association submitted to the league over the weekend regarding various elements of the Orlando plan, and of course, most of those questions deal with players' health and safety concerns. Um, and the biggest one is including whether hotel staff, hotel staff at the Coronado Springs Resort, which is in Walt Disney World, would be quarantined along with the MLS contingent, uh, which would not be able to leave the resort. If you have a bubble, and we assume the staff would be quarantined in this bubble as well. If you have a bubble, you can't pierce the bubble, Eric. So that means that you can't get somebody, uh, you can't have staff that come in and out of the bubble because then there's no bubble. It's a fake bubble. Um, and yeah. so that 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 puts people in a, a difficult you know, sort of position. So uh, looking at this and understanding that there's all these questions and, and there's questions about the staff. And basically they said that the, the, the sources right now are saying the staff will not be quarantined. Well, then MLS players are like, well, then why can't I bring my family? Um, if that's the case, and why can't we leave the property? It's like, you know, if you're going to put us at risk, then you're putting us at risk by having staff come in and out too. Yeah, that, that's the part that I understand that as being an arguing point, because if, if you're allowing staff to come in and out as they please, but you're not allowing the players to get out, they're interacting with that staff on a daily basis. They're replenishing towels, they're cooking their food, whatever it is. And so to not allow them to bring family members to, and then not allow them to leave the bubble as, uh, and we'll get to it, but they mentioned Alejandro Bedoya said it's like a luxurious 
luxurious prison. And so essentially, you know, it's hard to argue that if they're allowing other people to go in and out and not allowing the players, then, you know, what, what's the safety pr- protocol there? So they have well, 100%. If that's an arguing point, arguing point, I get that. Uh, but again, just whenever you get large groups of people and trying to get them to agree on the same thing, it rarely ever works out. So I think there's going to be a large group of players uh, and and seems like they're notable players who are, who are not in for this. So if MLS has already gone through all the trouble to plan this and put wheels in motion and canceling Leagues Cup and Campione's Cup because to honor ESPN to give them these um, these games, but the players are not on board, then again we're, we're right back on, on square one, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's really interesting. Um, basically, uh, multiple sources say the the league has yet to provide an answer on that question. Though the belief among several club and player sources is that hotel staff will not be quarantined at the res- at the resort. The expectation has raised further concerns for the MLS players, associated with players who question why they need to be locked down with their families. We talked about that. Uh, here's the big here's the big thing, and it's something Kevin and I sort of had had theorized about uh, on Monday, and and we were using you know Javier Hernandez Chicharito as sort of an example, um, but we thought it was probably a pretty likely example. Uh, the Athletic says some of the league's biggest stars have been particularly vocal with their displeasure about the Orlando idea, with LAFC's Carlos Vela, the LA Galaxy's Javier Chicharito Hernandez, and Orlando City's Nani mentioned specifically as harboring reservations about returning. Uh, I've talked to a couple different players. Um, one player is like, hey, I want to play. Uh, I feel good about this. It feels fine. And I want to play games and let's go. Um, and then I've talked to another player who's like, yeah, it's it sounds like it would be like we want to play games, but they're sort of asking us to take a pretty big risk on this. And how are you going to ensure safety? And how are you going to do all these other things? And you can test. We talked about testing every other day, um, probably for everybody there. Um, it talked about, you know, sort of um, um, buying those tests from the private side of things uh, from Major League Soccer. Um, so a, a lot of this stuff is, is sort of good, is sort of uh, good questions that they need to ask. Um, and that that's what they're expecting MLS to answer. The other part of that is that the league has not responded to the players who also said, hey, um, we're going to give you, you know, $100 million in savings basically over the next couple of years. Um, and this is, you know, are you going to respond back to us as well? So um, that's sort of where we're at right now in terms of, you know, the other players and and those players' concerns. But we talked about it Um you know, it, we talked about this a bunch of times, which is that the L.A. Galaxy um, and and going there is is a big risk. And could you go without these guys? Um, you know, talking to the Panda a little bit, we talked about um, sort of seeing whether or not, you know, the, the league would just say, OK, well, you don't have to go. I mean, all of this can be voluntary. All of these things can go um, and sort of uh, be that way. But um, it's a it's a really interesting sort of thing to look at and say, well, what happens if players don't want to go? And if it is voluntary, are they going to be able to do anything? Um, so it's a it's a really interesting uh, sort of turn about what happens with these guys as we go along. Eric, are you still hanging in there um, or, or did we there. lose you? OK, OK. I, I, yeah, I, I, I saw audio issues. I changed my uh my input no longer going in, but you're, I was losing you for a while there. So I'm sure you had something very profound to say, uh, and it was excellent, but I missed all of it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fine. It's, 
you yeah. can you can go back and watch the podcast later. It'll help our numbers by one, so that'll uh, that'll be a good thing. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, it is. And you talked about Alejandro Bedoya, and you talked about him. He was on uh, Taylor Twelman's uh, banter show, which, by the way, is going to be one of the better shows that gets put out. Uh, Taylor knows what he's talking about with Major League Soccer and how this all works. Um, and so I, I know people, uh, especially Galaxy fans, hate Taylor, uh, but he's putting out a quality product, and it's because of this stuff where he gets a player to go on record. I'll tell you right now, the players I talk about don't want anything to do with this. Um, you know, uh, I know that uh, Nick DePew and uh, Sasha Kleshin were both asked about it after the first day of individual training last week, last Thursday, so a week from uh, from today. Um, uh, they were asked about it, and they're like, "Listen, we can't talk about it right now because we, you know, we're having to to deal with all this stuff, and there's votes and the whole thing." I think you're going to see a very, very, very fractured player group here. And remember. For the most part, on these things, if you vote, Eric, 55% carries. So you could have a, you know, 51% carries. So you could have a 51-49 vote where everybody, and you have basically half of the player pool saying, I don't want to be back out there right now, and we don't think it's safe. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting next week because it feels like everything is going to get condensed in this next week. Yeah, I was listening to another podcast talking about baseball coming back and the the baseball you know, owners and players basically fitting into four different factions where there's owners who want to come back, players who want to come back, and then owners who don't want to come back, and then players who don't want to come back. So you have kind of four different camps there. And so the where it, it becomes an issue is if the everything that's agreed upon is reasonable, but it somehow comes down to a breakdown over money or over location, then that's kind of a bad look for, for the players if Listen, we have all the deals in place. We want to, we're willing to pay you a certain a reasonable fee given the amount of games that are being taken away. Uh, but you're you know using a sticking point you know to try to hold out for more money or or to do something that maybe seems unreasonable. Now, being eight weeks without your family, I don't know that that's an unfair request. I I, I understand that. Uh, but it, if they're able to work out some of these terms and they still don't come back, uh, it's a missed opportunity for the league, a missed opportunity for the sport, and it makes it it's a, gives the the players a little bit of a tainted mark as well because with how rabid fans are and how they want uh, soccer back so much, if they hear that these three or four names of high profile players are the ones holding up the deal, then you know that's going to get the fan bases to turn on them, which would not be a great thing either. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the athletic does a good job of pointing out that Carlos Vela's wife is pregnant, um, but they do a bad job of pointing out that Chicharito's wife is also pregnant, um, and yeah. so they have very real reasons to not want to be separated from them for eight weeks. And if you told me that I had to leave my wife uh, while she was pregnant uh, for eight weeks, I would have said, "Send the plane ticket right now." I'm gone. No, that's not true. I would have. I definitely would have. I would have stayed. Um, you know, that's and and that's that's what happens um, with these things. And so you're asking these players to make these decisions. Um, and they're not easy decisions to make. And yes, they play a sport for uh, for their job. And I get it. Uh, they're as human as you and me, Eric. I've had many, many conversations with them. Uh, you know, they worry about just standard things as well, where to live. You know, um, they have girlfriends, they have wives. Uh, some have children. Um, do you want to be Eric? Do you want me to put you in a place without your kids for for ten weeks? After quarantine. You're, you're asking yes. me at the wrong time. <laughs> you're going to get me on record to say something that I'll regret uh, saying. No, no, but no, I, I wouldn't want to be away from my, my children for that long. And, and I think that's where salary becomes an, an issue as well, because if you're Chicharito and you're making six million, you know, a year or season or seven million a season and OK, we're going to get you to play for a piece of that. 
maybe it's worth it. But if you're a lower level player and you're making, you know, 80 grand, is, is that worth it to be away from your family for that amount of time? Maybe not. And so it's interesting, the types of players who are not in the right camps, uh, it just, it's, it's curious to see how, who, who's going to be in favor and who's not. Well, the, the real sort of interesting part, and I'm going to tell you this right now, I feel that the media is making a bigger deal of this than anybody else is, although it is it is a possibility. Uh, there is no ratified uh, CBA agreement. Uh, the CBA expired. Everybody agreed to agree, right, which is sort of like, hey, we have an agreement, but now we just have to hammer out all the details, and that's going to take us a couple months or three months or four months or whatever it is, and eventually those CBAs get ratified and everybody just sort of pretends like it's active right now and, you know, hey, it's great and everything's good. Um, the problem is that CBA never got ratified, so it is not in play right now. And if it was in play, the players would be playing under different rules and, and the owners would be under different rules and it would be a different negotiation, but it's not. Um, and so there is a chance that the owners could say, hey, so you guys don't want to go back and play. That's cool. Uh, we'll just lock the doors then. Have a nice day. And by the way, you don't have health insurance. Um, you know, you don't get a salary. Um, you don't get any of those benefits that you, that, you know, you should have under this and during this time. So uh, I'll tell you right now that that argument, the CBA, uh, the getting paid, the understanding of setting things in stone and getting it down is the number one reason players I've, I've talked to have said that it's the reason they want to play is they want to play. They want to get out there. They want to, if that means that the CBA gets ratified, if that means that, you know, the cost savings they project to get, get, um, ratified and accepted by major league soccer that getting them back on the field and playing under a set of rules is very very important right now and i'd also like to say uh that just because you know everything's paused doesn't mean teams aren't looking for sort of their long term and aren't looking to sign people to contract extensions and everything else that are going on right now so those negotiations are happening right now as everything is going on as well so it's a huge can of worms um you know, I feel optimistic like MLS is going to push this through and whether they push it through with the players loving it or the whether they push it through with the players just sort of tolerating it or whether they push it through and you see big names like Carlos Vela, uh, you see big names like Javier Chicharito Hernandez, um, you see guys like Nani not showing up to play. Um, then it gets really interesting because what's going to happen after the tournament? Are they going to just suddenly be like, yeah, guys, I'm back, and they show up, and now are other players going to be angry? I mean, oh, my God, it's just, it's too juicy. You can do seven podcasts on this <laughs> one alone. Yeah, the, and the, all the, the drama factor, I understand where that actually might be a fun thing, and that's probably why the media is having fun talking about it is because it gives them something to write about without any games taking place. It gives a topic and a villain and you're able to kind of argue your points though. The media, the media yeah, sucks, the, man. Let me tell you ugh, those, those guys, the podcast media is the worst. Uh, the, the, worst. The, <laughs> the other thing, and it just needs to be said, we're having all these discussions. We're having all these talks. I really hope that it, whatever iteration they go through, that no one gets sick and no one comes down on anything because that would really, it, that'd be the worst case scenario. I think if you rush, uh, rush back, try to get something happen because people want sports, players want to get their paychecks, uh, TV networks want to get their money, so let's get everyone together, let's put them all in a bubble, uh, and then you put them in a bubble and that bubble gets contaminated and something happens to a player, then that really, you know, you have to wear that. And that I don't know if the league can recover if the worst of the worst happens to one of their players, you're going to have that stain on you. You're going to be the league where one of your players, you know, Die. got ill or you know worse wor worst case scenario than that so that that's the one thing that you, you need to say out loud and, and to be careful and and to take into consideration as well it, it really talks to sort of the daily risks we all take 
um, and what you're willing to accept as a risk and what you're not willing to accept as a risk. And it is very much, I mean, you know, I know there's people who are saying, um, I've talked to a bunch of fans who are like, yeah, I'm, even if they allowed fans in the stadium this year, I wouldn't come back. Uh, I get it. Makes sense. hundred um, percent. That's not a judge. That's not a judgment at all. Um, I would have, if they were like, hey, Josh, we'll let you go to the games because your media will let you watch it. Uh, you can watch it in the press box, but you have to stay, you know, six feet away from everybody and blah, 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 the whole deal. I don't know if I would go back right now either. So, um, but it's about what you deem acceptable. And some of these players are deeming this risk uh, with testing and with the proper medical backup and, and everything that sort of is there. They're dealing that as an acceptable risk. And some guys um, are saying, no, this isn't an acceptable risk. And it's hard to argue. Again, we sit on the fence on this, but it's hard to argue that anybody's wrong. I don't blame the owners for wanting to get yeah. back to play. Yeah. that That's the thing is, is there. If, and if people want to go back and they want to take that risk because it's worth it to them, then that's that's okay too. But uh, so there's no right answer. That's that's the I said that probably a month ago. That's the most the frustrating part is that there is no right answer. It's gonna be uh gonna be an interesting time uh, for sure. This next week is uh, sort of where everything is pointed. Um, I think you're going to see answers from the MLSPA. I think you're going to see answers from MLS. Uh, I think you're going to see more discussions and a narrowing of exactly what this tournament is and how this tournament uh, goes because MLS seems to be very, very motivated to get this done. And, you know, I, I hinted at it, but uh, ESPN wants to get this done because they want live sports on television and they'll have the rights to that tournament. Uh, Disney wants to get this done because they own ESPN and uh, MLS would be paying for uh, for some rooms uh, at their somewhat vacant uh, resort. Although it seems that the uh, the Florida theme parks are going to be reopening around the time that games could be kicking off um, for this. So saying that it's, you know, just this little tiny bubble is not 100 percent true it is going to be a a touristy uh sort of mecca uh there so that sounds like fun too but but that's that's another thing to consider as well you know we're you know our governor was saying something different now than he was a couple months ago maybe by july by the time this thing kicks off if people are going to theme parks in orlando then the players maybe won't be locked down in that bubble as well. And maybe they'll allow them. And maybe that's a compromise is if the players want to bring family members, they want to exit the bubble and that's the league agrees with that. Then maybe, maybe that's how it shakes out. You, you just kind of let the players come and go and, and do the precautions just like the public with the general public with going in and out of a team, a theme. Yeah, no, it, it, it is interesting. By the way, a uh, question in the uh, in the chat room: uh, Aren't you guys the media? Well, I'm I'm definitely the media. Hammer <laughs> Hammer gets Hammer's like sl- is, is is flirting with that line, but he I'm he's like I'm not the media. Yeah, he's to like, be I'm fair, but to be fair, I did get a question answered at the town hall. So technically, I don't know if that makes me media. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Media weren't invited. Okay, that's, right. that's, we've it, cleared it, that up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, in fact, that cements you from not being media, actually. Yeah. So uh, that's good. No, I am. Yeah, yeah, they're not yeah, letting I, me back in. Yeah, no, that's you're you're never letting you're never going back in. Um, no, I, I am the media, and I was criticizing people who are in the media because I'm allowed to do that. Um, and I think that I can see it. I can see whenever they're they're drumming stuff up, and and certainly, you know, yeah, I try to look for angles on things that are interesting. But you know, I really feel like this is this is going to be an interesting uh, interesting next week. Uh, and I think there's going to be lots to write about, lots to cover. So uh, make sure you head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com to do that. Uh, Eric, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Or, or can we can we wrap this one up? We're pretty close to wrapping it up. But final uh, kind of breakdown, I want to shout out Cosmo SC. 
one whoa, last whoa. time. Surprise of the surprise <laughs> of the night, yes, Cosmo SC. Because there's actually this this uh, adventure of Cosmo SC and with FIFA Pro Clubs has kind of grown into something new. And so there's actually going to be a league starting up with six different clubs. It's going to be called Liga G96. So if you follow right. me on Twitter or you you know you can look up Liga G96, uh, you can look up Cosmo SC. Uh, we're something we're having a lot of fun with. I'm personally having a lot of fun with it. So just the fact that there's now a league, there's competing clubs, uh, I'm participating in a media day for the new league. I mean, this is it's it's ridiculous <laughs> the way that this thing is is blowing up and taking off. It's given the situation that we're in right now. To me, it's a perfect distraction. It's a nice way right. to you know kind of shut shut everything out that's going on on the outside and have a little fun with the the la galaxy community because it it is it's a great community and everyone's having a lot of fun so i encourage you if you haven't checked out cosmo sc the games will be streaming there's now a league there's multiple teams for you to support so uh you know i just got to shout out everyone involved uh with the league and with the teams and getting that going and if it's Something that interests you. I've had people tell me I don't play video games, but I started watching and I got sucked in. So you know, with no live sports going on, maybe maybe that uh, Liga G is the hot ticket uh, to give you your soccer fix. Yeah, I haven't got my press credentials for that yet, so I'll have to uh, I'll have to put into that. I, I, to... I can pull some strings. Yeah. I can get you in. That's good. That's good. Um, should we tell people what I did though? Whenever what did, what did I text you one night? Then I was About, I was like, hey Eric. Well, well, so how do you do this whole pro teams thing? And he was like, I've been waiting for this, you know. So yeah. I, I created I created the player. I created the player. Um, would you let, do you know what my play? You don't even know what my player's name is. Yeah, we haven't gotten we haven't teamed up yet. But uh, I think season no. two of Liga G Corner of the Galaxy might have a, a new entry. Might have a team. Might have it. Might have a team. We maybe we'll have to do something. I don't know. I'm still building up my guy. I, I named my guy. And if you've been following the podcast enough, you will get this joke. And I don't want to explain it because it's such a good inside joke. I refuse to explain this. Uh, I named my guy uh, John Guzman. Uh, so John Guzman was was my guy. Uh, his nickname is Pato, which makes some sense. So you know that type of thing. But uh, yeah. the Guzman thing is good because the commentators can say Guzman. So perfect. Yeah. So John Guzman, all, all set. Uh, in there, uh, he's a he's a right wing. He's a right wing. Uh, slowly building okay. up, eighty one, eighty two right now. Um, you know, sort of did it. Um, you know, the the, the playing on getting those stats yeah. up. That's the toughest part. Well, I've been I've been playing games. Um, playing pro teams is just the weirdest thing in the world. Whenever you're just doing it randomly and not playing with the team or doing anything like that, because uh, let's see, I played in one game where the opposing goalkeeper decided that he was just going to play striker the whole time, and so the score ended up being seven to nothing. Um, and so that opposing goalkeeper would get the ball and then try to dribble through everybody. And I'm like, just, and why, why do you even show up to do this? Yeah. These self-centered little millennials. That's what it is. That's what it is, yeah. Eric. But you're making, you're making a case for Cosmo SC because you get 11 people on a team and you have people who are, are, are falling in line and, uh, doing what they're supposed to do. So that's, that's the, the benefit of playing, uh, with a group of people who, of like-minded individuals instead of those, uh, eight year old kids who are trying to score goals from the goalkeeper position. Makes a lot of sense. All right, uh, I think that about does it. Our uh, our paid promotion for Cosmo SC and uh, and Liga G ninety. What is it? Liga G ninety six. Is that what it is? G ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to check out. Yeah. Just that checks in the mail, guys. I appreciate it. Um, all right. So uh, that's it, Eric. Why don't you tell people where they can find you? We'll get out of here. You can find me on Twitter at GIS Hammer. You could also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P R O F O U L. And then you can catch me streaming some Cosmo SC games on Twitch. That's twitch.tv backslash EV Hammer 9. EV Hammer 9. I follow you on there. So good job. 
Um, all right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, please head on over to the website, cornerofthegalaxy.com. We will continue our coverage as individual training continues, uh, and we'll certainly uh, keep you updated on all the changes that are going on with Major League Soccer and that Orlando. All right. For Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.